I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. We all had that one favorite pen growing up, right? That one pen that we carried to exams. The one that we practiced signatures with on the last page of a school notebook. The one that we never let anyone borrow because we knew it would never come back. And for most of us, well, at least for me, it was the iconic Reynolds 045 pen. It's just so hard to imagine school days without the reliable blue and white ballpoint pen that came for just rupees seven back in the day. So when a post went viral on X, formerly Twitter, at the end of August, claiming that the iconic pen was being discontinued, understandably there was an outpour of mourning. Eventually, though, Reynolds did clarify that its 045 model, which was launched in 1945, by the way, would remain on the market. But still, you know, it does make one think that after all this, after so much modernization, after a whole pandemic, and after everything has become digital. How long will this pen actually survive? I mean, when was the last time that you actually put ink to paper? Well, it might surprise you, but the pen industry is actually booming. Despite its slowdown during the lockdown, the pen industry is back on its feet with a market of rupees five thousand five hundred crores, according to Euromonitor International, and it's expected to grow by eleven percent by the end of this year. Nikhil Ranjan, the CEO of William Pen, which is a high-end pen and stationery retailer in India, told the Economic Times that the primary consumer base for pens continue to be students, accounting for seventy-five to eighty percent of the market value, while B two B sales account for another ten to fifteen percent. He further adds that the average person spends around rupees twenty to twenty-five on a pen. So I guess the zero four five model is probably safe. But is Reynolds still at the top of the market? Well, several organized players have made use of the sector's post-pandemic growth to get ahead in the game, like Luxor, for example, which generated revenues worth rupees seven fifty crores in FY twenty three alone. Then there's also Pilot, which split from Luxor after a nearly four decade long partnership in order to pursue independent growth. But the main success story here is actually Flair, whose easy click pens. Turns out to be the new heavyweight in the pen fight arena, and it seems to be catching up with the zero four five in popularity. Flair released in July its draft red herring prospectus or DRHP for an IPO of rupees seven forty five crores. It claimed that it was India's top player, holding nearly nine percent of the pen industry. A month later, Doms, which is a giant in the larger stationery market, also released its DRHP to raise rupees twelve hundred crores. Both companies are leaders in India's rupees nine thousand seven hundred crore writing and stationery market, according to a report by the Cap Table. Now, all this is very impressive, but it's not the final word. According to analytics from Trisil, the total export of the country for writing and creative instruments is estimated to be worth around rupees two thousand five hundred and thirty crores, and that's still less than seven percent of the total global exports. But could Flair and Dom's domestic success translate into the global arena? Well, as economies turn to new writing and creative tool supplies in China stead, using their ongoing growth spurt, these companies could very well create an international impression. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology. 
business, policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hi, I'm Shorburi and this is the deep dive for 10th October 2023. You can easily argue that Star India stands as one of the most influential companies in the Indian media market. Remember Channel V? It was shut down in 2017, but V, which was owned by Star, was India's very first music channel. Not only the first music channel, but back in the 90s, Star also brought to India its first private news channel, which was Star News, and its first private radio station as well, which was Radio City. Cut to 2023, Star India is a sprawling media empire with TV, movies, and the streaming service, and much more. When senior journalist Vanita Kohli Khandehar penned a book on Star India in 2019, she had written, and I'm reading out one line: "Quote: If the story of India's media industry is told, Star India would be one of the main protagonists." End quote. And so, as we delve into the continuing saga of our main protagonist, it's evident that a new chapter is unfolding. The current owner of Star India is actively seeking new buyers for Star, or shall I say, worthy suitors. The story, as we had covered in an earlier episode of the Signal Daily, began in July when we got to know via the Wall Street Journal that Disney, just four years after it inherited Star through its acquisition of Rupert Murdoch's Fox, was seeking a buyer or at least a joint venture partner for Star India. If you missed that episode, you can check it out on this episode's show notes. Now, in the picture, we have at least three prominent candidates who could potentially become the new owners of Star. Who are they? Well, number one is Mukesh Ambani. Number two, Gautam Adani, and last but not the least, Kalanithi Maran. So let's talk about Ambani first. In a way, Ambani's Jio Cinema caused the house of Mickey Mouse to break up with Star India. When Jio Cinema snatched away the streaming rights of IPL from Hotstar, it began bleeding. In just a year, Hotstar lost 21 million subscribers. That was seemingly unacceptable for Disney. As the company is globally shifting its focus from traditional linear TV to streaming, against this backdrop, it's quite interesting that one of the initial reports following the Wall Street Journal scoop revealed that Disney is holding preliminary talks with Ambani's Reliance Industries. Now the question is, what does Reliance hope to achieve? A senior editor, Soumya Gupta, who also writes for the Impression, in newsletter that delves into the business of content. says that acquiring star will make reliance as much a dominant player in tv as sony and z if reliance picks up star it would ideally be so that it could give very credible competition to the merged z sony combine that's expected to come up sometime by next year that merger is delayed of course but together z and sony will dominate tv by market share But if Reliance gets gets Star's TV business, then it might potentially be just as dominant or even more so. So that would be a very good reason for Reliance to pick up Star. Of course, it also has Jio Cinema. So Jio Cinema, together with Hot Star, could also help create a bit of consolidation in the streaming market. Help them get a better, more dominant position over the likes of, say, Netflix or Amazon Prime Video, uh, who are putting in good money in the country. Now moving on to the second contender, Gautam Adani. While his media holdings aren't as extensive as Ambani's, he's certainly on the path to expansion. You might recall the halabalu caused by Adani's acquisition of NDTV. Furthermore, he's got Quintillion Business Media, which is the publisher of Bloomberg Quint. And now, if he manages to get hold of Star India, it would mean that Adani has finally arrived in the media market. 
And as for the third suitor, Mr. Kalanithi Maran, if his name isn't instantly recognizable, Mr. Maran is a media mogul who founded the media conglomerate Sun Group. His empire of TV channels is primarily concentrated in South India, so it's not difficult to guess why he would be interested in Star. The acquisition of Star would grant the Tamil giant Sun access to Hindi and other language markets beyond South India. Now, besides these three millionaires, Bloomberg is also courting funds. But right now, all talks are in a nascent stage. So if you ask me who will emerge as the owner of Star, provided Disney actually goes ahead with its reported plan, that question still remains unanswered. But keep in mind, the sale of Star is on the horizon. And Soumya has a word of caution for buyers. What is important to remember, though, is that Star India's operations is very TV heavy. As we discussed, streaming is not a significant contributor. So for anybody to buy it with the hopes of making really good money in the very long run, that's probably not what's at play. Uh, It's really a domination play. Let's get this TV business on and dominate our competitors. The truth is that uh, if you look at uh, the latest EY Fiki numbers on the state of media and entertainment in India, TV viewership is already dropping among premium younger consumers who are in urban areas. So if you are buying TV with the hopes of growth, you're looking for very limited room for growth, mostly in rural households who prefer watching free-to-air channels, uh, from whom you're not going to make carriage or subscription fees. You're probably just going to make advertising money and not very good advertising money. These are not affluent consumers. So the decision to buy Star uh, will be a difficult one. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd also love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. This episode was written and researched by Dhruv Sharma and Anup Sembal. Edited by Dinesh Narayanan. Produced by Manaswini. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. <laughs>